your best sounding brownie. Okay, the question is, when you explain what you do, does it sound like your brain? This is a fantastic question, a great question. This is the reason why a lot of people don't like talking about themselves. You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Welcome back to the show, peeps. It's episode 54 and I'm your host, Christina Cantors, podcasting to you from my co-work space, Hub Melbourne. So you may hear some footsteps, some laughing. We like to have a good time here in the background. This episode is all about how to handle questions and answers like a ninja. So a presentation is something you normally prepare for, right? You can write it, rehearse it, memorize it until you feel some sort of comfort level when delivering it. But what about when it comes to question time? For many of us, it's a whole other story. Question time is something we don't usually prepare for, or we think that we can't prepare for it. We don't know what questions will be coming, right? We're put on the spot, and you have to come up with an answer immediately. Or sometimes we forget that Q&A is coming, right? We we don't realize that just because we've finished our prepared presentation, it doesn't mean that our actual presentation is over. No, Q&A is like a continuation of your presentation. Now, this is something I used to dread when I was in architecture school. You never knew what questions the tutors were going to ask. Sometimes they would be really critical, and often question time was way more stressful than the actual presentation. I remember in my third year watching another student get absolutely verbally destroyed by a guest critic during Q&A. And my turn to present was coming up, and I was so nervous, I was shaking in my seat. When it was finally my turn, I got up to speak, and my Q&A went fine, it wasn't even that bad. But afterwards, I was so overcome with stress, I ran to the bathroom and I just burst into tears. I, I couldn't handle it. I've since learned that it doesn't have to be this way. In all the speaking I've done for my business, the C Method, I've had to do a lot of Q&A about all sorts of topics like speaking, confidence, podcasting, even doing impromptu speeches at at Toastmasters. And some of it is quite challenging. And I actually have a sample for you at the end of this episode of of a, a difficult question I had to answer in a recent seminar I did in the Philippines. But from all this, I've vastly improved my Q&A skills. So maybe you have to speak on a panel, which is 100% Q&A. Maybe you're presenting a project at work and you'll be taking questions from the company directors, or maybe you're pitching your business and taking questions from investors. All of these can be really nerve-wracking scenarios, but there are things that you can do to build your confidence and to make the experience more enjoyable. Plus, it helps you to have better conversations. I mean, let's say you're speaking one-on-one with your boss or a client or you're in a job interview or even your mum or your spouse, right? And they're throwing difficult questions at you. Honey, where were you tonight? (laughs) If you build your skills at answering questions and speaking impromptu that is on the spot, you'll be much more confident at projecting confidence and certainty in these important conversations, which could lead, if it's a business situation, could lead to landing a new client or a job or opportunity. 
Okay, so here are nine things that I've learned about how to be cool, calm, and handle Q&A like a ninja. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash Q&A, as in and spelled out. So it's like Q-A-N-D-A, like quanda. <laughs> Number one, change your thinking to I love question and answer time. Most people go into presentations dreading Q&A. They go, oh, I hate Q&A. Instead, I want you to shift your thinking because this is not serving you. Okay, it is not helping you. I want you to think instead, isn't it great that I have an opportunity to share all the stuff I forgot to mention in my presentation? Or isn't it great that people are interested in what I'm talking about? I'm so grateful that people want to ask me questions. Okay, so it's about mindset. If you go into it thinking this is a great opportunity, it's going to serve you much better and help you much more than if you go in thinking, oh, I'm dreading questions and answers. I do not want to do this. Number two, remember that this is your time. Okay, Q&A is still part of your presentation. So you're the one in control here. Yes, other people will be speaking and yes, people will want their airtime, but you still need to show them that you're the one running the show. So you need to be assertive. Sometimes someone will ask a question and then someone else will chime in and then they'll start to have other discussions or they might have follow-up questions. What you need to do is stand your ground and say, look, everyone, I'd love to talk more about this with you after the session, but we do need to move on to another question. Thank you. All right, this will help prevent people from taking over or, or, you know, steamrolling you. Also, remember that most people aren't there to pick on you. Watching startups get grilled on Shark Tank or politicians getting interrupted by pushy journalists, you know, that's, that's not how most Q&A works. So we tend to have a, a warped view of it. Most people, believe it or not, want you to do well. And most people genuinely want to know the answer to their question right? They don't want to make you look like an idiot. They're not necessarily there to pick a fight. And if they are, well, they're probably having a bad day. So don't take it personally. The third way you can make Q&A more enjoyable is when someone asks you a question, buy yourself some time to give yourself time to think. Okay. If someone asks you a question and you just jump straight into the answer, you've barely given yourself time to think or process what you want to say, and that's going to lead you to stumbling or saying um and ah a lot and making you look like you're really uncertain about what you're saying. So some simple things that you can do is you can repeat the question, okay? If someone asks you what's what's been the most inspiring moment in your life, for example, you say, hmm, the most inspiring moment in my life. And that buys you a few seconds. It doesn't sound like much. But at the speed that your brain is probably, you know, going in that moment, that few seconds is plenty of time to think of an answer. You could even say something like, I love this question, right? You could say, hmm, what's the most inspiring moment in my life? That's a fantastic question. Thank you so much for asking that, right? It's a really sneaky way of buying yourself some more time. You could even ask someone, say, what's, what's your name? Jim, Jim, thanks so much, Jim, for your question. I really appreciate it. Okay, this is also a great way to build rapport with that person. And another thing, remember that sometimes it can be quite nerve-wracking even asking that question. 
You know, some people get nervous putting their hands up to ask. So what you can do is make them feel special and make them like, you can even congratulate them or show gratitude to them for standing up and asking that question. Yeah. So you could say, you know, thanks so much for asking that question. I really appreciate it. It's a great question. You could even say, does anyone, was anyone else here thinking the same thing? Yep. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. See, it was a great question. See, so all of these things, you're just buying yourself a little bit of extra time to think of an answer in your head. Okay, number four, never say, I don't know. Okay, don't say, I don't know. Now, it's okay to not know the answer to a question, and I'm not telling you to bullshit your way through it because people will sniff that out. Okay, if you're trying to pull their leg, people can see through that straight away. Okay, so always be honest, and if you don't know something, say, Okay, well, that's something that we're currently working on, or you could say that's a challenge we've been facing and we're looking at, at getting that fixed. Or you could say, I'll find out and get back to you. Okay? And so just be honest. If it's not your area of expertise, say, I'll find out from our tech guys. They know all the details. Right? And if someone's really pushy, you say, look, let's talk about this afterwards. I'll find out for you and I'll get back to you. Is that okay? Right? And most of the time they're going to go, yep, that's fine. At least you've shown that you've thought about it or that you're going to help them find the answer later on anyway, okay? Number five, don't get defensive. Now, this happens a lot in design presentations. I saw this a lot when I was in architecture school. When people are presenting their work and someone gives them a slight, you know, bit of criticism, they get really, really defensive. Now, remember that everyone is entitled to their opinion, and even though you may not agree with them, Show them that you're at least open to hearing what they have to say. Okay. If someone says, Oh, I'm not sure if that works and go, well, well, I think it does because this is this and this is, this is what we did. Just, just no, no. Just say, thanks for that. Well, that's something that we considered, but in the end, we actually went with this, right? So just show them that you've heard them. Most people just want to know that they've been listened to. Okay. Great way to build rapport with people. Also with the defensive thing, watch your body language. I've seen people give a pitch or a presentation and their hands have been fine with their gestures and then as soon as it gets to question time, they cross their arms, which demonstrates that, you know, I'm I'm getting defensive, I don't want I don't want to hear what you have to say. Okay, you want to continue to be open. So smile and like I mentioned in point three, thank them for their question. Keep your hands unfolded, palms facing out. And just make yourself look open and willing to at least acknowledge what they've said and to acknowledge their ideas. The sixth thing you can do when it comes to Q&A, if you're worried that someone is going to ask you something that you don't know, what you can do is deliberately leave something out. Now, this is a nice trick that I learned a few years ago. Think about this. If you tell them everything that there is to know about your project or your business or whatever it is, then of course they're actually going to have nothing else to ask about except the minute details and they're going to pick on all the small things. So what you can do is you can leave something out deliberately. Don't talk about it. Of course, not something critical, but leave something out that's a, you know kind of obvious so you know it's going to come up in question time. So then when someone asks it, you can go, aha, Thank you so much for asking that question and you'll be able to just rattle off your answer because you've already, you know, semi-prepared for it because you knew what question they were going to ask. It's a nice little trick to use. 
Tip number seven, when you answer a question, make sure that you speak to the whole audience. Just because that one person asked the question, it doesn't mean that no one else has that same question, okay? And I've seen this happen a lot. You know, someone asks a question and then that per- the, the speaker will only make eye contact with that one person. Not only can it make that one person feel a little bit uncomfortable because you're just giving them a bit too much attention, it's making the rest of the audience feel excluded. So pretend that your Q&A is a series of mini speeches that you're giving, that you're addressing to the whole audience. All right, second last one, number eight. When you're finishing off a question, instead of just trailing it off and going, and that's the answer to your question and uh, yeah, all right, very weak ending. What you want to do is give your answer, make it succinct, and then ask, does that answer your question? And that will nicely round it off. Most of the time, they'll say yes, and then you could say, okay, great, and then move on, right? And getting that acknowledgement from that person who asked, it also makes them feel good. They're like, yeah, yeah, that did answer my question. Thank you. And then that ends that, and then you can move on to the next one. If they're being difficult and they say, oh, not really, then simply say, okay, well, happy to talk about it after the session. Is that okay? And hopefully, well, they've got no choice, really. They'll say, yeah, okay, and then and then move on, all right? Again, this goes back to point, what was it, point number, point number two? Remember, this is your time. You're the one in control. If someone's being difficult, you're the one who has to control it and say, look, Happy to talk about it after the session. You need to be firm and say, you know, we need to move on. I'm conscious of time. Okay. And everyone else in the audience will really appreciate that. Believe me. And the final tip for handling Q&A like a ninja is to make note of the questions that you get asked. This is really important. If you're delivering a similar presentation multiple times, take on board those questions that you get asked so you'll be more prepared for them next time. And hey, you may even want to incorporate those answers into your presentation or it might even give you ideas to create a whole new presentation based on those questions. You never know. Again, shift your mindset. Think Q&A time is a great opportunity to learn more about my audience and what they want, which will help me to be of more service to them in the future. Just puts a much more positive spin on it. So take all these questions as feedback, yeah? Alrighty, and there you go, nine tips to help you handle Q&A like a ninja. I base this episode off questions that I've received in my presentations that I've been, in my seminars that I've been giving on public speaking. I get asked, people ask me, how do I handle Q&A, right? So I'm using that feedback and I thought, well, I've got enough content here for a whole podcast episode, so that's why I'm recording this for you here today. Just to quickly recap, number one, change your thinking, change your mindset. You love Q&A, right? Love it. You love it. Number two, remember that this is your time. You're the one in charge. So stand your ground, be firm, and don't take any shit from anyone. Number three, buy yourself some time. Okay, don't answer the question straight out. Repeat the question. Congratulate someone or thank them for asking the question. Buy yourself that crucial thinking time to help you formulate a question in your head. Number four, never say, I don't know. Always say to them, you know, we're working on that or I'll, ch- I'll chat to you after the session. Number five, don't get defensive. Number six, deliberately leave something out, something obvious, not critical, so you can talk about it in question time. 
Number seven, when you answer, speak to the whole audience, not to just that one person. Number eight, at the end of your answer, ask them, does that answer your question before you move on? And then number nine, make note of the questions you get asked and use them for your next presentation. All right, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, if you have a presentation coming up, maybe you're speaking on a panel and you are freaking out a little bit about dealing with Q&A, so maybe you'd like to practice your Q&A. If so, I'm currently taking on new coaching clients, which I'm excited about. I've got some time to do that. I coach in person and over Skype. So this is individual coaching to help people improve their communication and speaking skills. So each session is tailored to your needs and I offer single sessions and monthly packages. So if you feel like you need some help in this area, contact me at thecmethod.com slash coaching to arrange a free 15-minute call. So we'll have a chat, we'll establish your goals and the results that you want and we'll work out if working together is a good fit for both of us. Again, go to thecmethod.com slash coaching. Alrighty, and that wraps up episode 54. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions about this episode, please get in touch. You can find all my contact details at thecmethod.com. Now, to round out this episode, I believe I've told you before about when I was in the Philippines recently, I was asked if I would sing them a song, and that was possibly one of the most nerve-wracking questions I've ever been asked because I've never been asked to sing before. But you know what? The next time I did a seminar, I remembered that question and I made sure that I had a contingency in place. I thought, if I get asked that again, I've got to have something prepared. So this is what I did. And I'm going to round out this episode with my rendition, my Filipino rendition, I should say, with Taylor Swift's Shake It Off, with some help from the students at Thomas Claudio Memorial College. Hope you enjoy. Thanks so much for listening. Keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Okay. I need your help with this. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yes. Good. Okay.